Welcome to Tina, a podcast that digs deeper into the thoughts of teenagers' minds about the wonders of the world. If you're new here, I am your host, Isabella. And I'm Glenn. If you're not, welcome back. Here's a quick disclaimer. If we made any mistakes, please email us and tell us. Thank you. When talking about depth of ocean knowledge, we can't forget the ocean activities and beliefs built on the idea of the ocean around the globe. Perhaps one of our listeners can surf or bodyboard, and another might like water skiing. Anyways, today we're talking about surfing and some superstitions about the ocean. Okay, so surfing. Have you ever tried surfing? I have not. I have once, and I fell into the water, and I gave up. <laughs> Anyways, surfing. So I'm just gonna talk about like the history of surfing, which is pretty interesting. Um, the oldest type of surfing is called body surfing, which is basically the same thing as swimming, like using your body as the kind of like the board to catch the wave. Um, so it's basically very much just. Swimming.、Mm-hmm. So the oldest history that people have found is from the ancient cultures of Peru, and that was about five thousand years ago. So they would use a watercraft for fishing or for recreation, like surfing, and basically it's like a surfboard. Oh, and when they use that surfboard, they would also Stand up on it, and you know, for recreation and both for fishing. This basically influences what is now today modern surfing because it is pretty much the same thing.、Mm-hmm. They also found that surfing connects with Hawaii a lot, and in Tahiti and Samoa, surfing was like a popular thing that people used to do, like warriors training. Which is pretty cool because right now surfing is not something that we see as a brave thing or like a warrior-like activity. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, and Hawaiians refer to surfing as wave sliding, which is a pretty cool name, I would say. So back then, when they thought of this as like a warrior training thing. Um, they also think that the ocean is a very mysterious place, which makes a lot of sense because you know the ocean is really vast, and basically when you look at it, there's no ending to it, right? Right, right. So yeah, the Hawaiians would pray to the gods for protection and strength to undertake the powerful, mystifying ocean, and then they would go out to surf. Ah,、uh, yeah. So it was originally kind of like a religious thing. Yeah, I guess like a religious activity. Um, but you know, it's kind of like similar to how Taiwanese fishermen before they go out, they would kind of I don't know, do they pray or something? I think so. Yeah, to make sure that they get back safely or something like that. Yeah, and all of this like warrior training thing was pre-contact Hawaii, which means like before the Europeans got to Hawaii and surfing. The way surfing was viewed was changed as Hawaii got colonized, and Europeans changed the meaning of surfing. And it was around the start of the twentieth century that Hawaiians started to 
use their beaches to revive surfing because when the Europeans got here, they sort of banned surfing. Um, since that they you know, Europeans were Christians, right? And they thought that you know when they surf, they don't wear a lot of clothes, so they thought of this as something bad, and so they kind of banned surfing this activity, and so Hoians couldn't do what they wanted to. But after the start of the 20th century, they started to revive surfing as a sport instead of what they used to see it as, like a spiritual connection to the waves or something. Ah,、uh, okay. Yeah, and right now when you think of Hawaii or like California, the first thing that comes to your mind is basically surfing because they've also kind of linked this to tourism and trying to boost the economy around these areas. Okay, now moving on to pro surfing. So professional surfing is an extreme sport, which is very agreeable because you don't know what would happen on the ocean. And there are basically three main aspects to see professional surfing.、Um, and professional surfing usually is used to, you know, for the pros to make money, and they would. Do it through sponsorship, surf contests, and social media influence. So these are the three things that they would really look into, and most of them,、uh, most of the professional surfers would go for three of them, and sometimes well-known professionals excel in only one. And back in all the way 1961, the United States Surfing Association was made, and surfing got more and more popular. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's. Actually, pretty interesting because, like, when people say, "Oh, my job is like surfing," and I was、mm-hmm. like, "How do you make money,、mm-hmm. like, with surfing?" Because I know, like, now you can make money with social media, like being on YouTube or on Instagram, whatever, and you、mm-hmm. would have like sponsors.、Mm-hmm. But I'm just thinking about, like, what about before? Can people like? Earn money from surfing, like that was pretty weird to me, and also like skating. Oh yeah, skating too. Like like when people say they're a skater,、mm-hmm. I'll be like, that's weird.、Mm-hmm. Like you would think of skating as like a side job or like a side hobby. No discrimination against those people. It's just we don't know how it works. Yeah, for sure. I think this. Also, th- this mindset also fits in with a lot of different extreme sports. Like when you tell someone that your that your main thing you do in life is train for the marathon. Like, how do you how do you make money out of that? Or yeah, a lot of extreme sports like that, and or bikers. You know those bikers that do really cool flips and tricks. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think they are all pretty much the same. Okay, now moving on to the technological improvements of. Like surfing, so when you think of surfing, like at first when I saw this piece of information, I was like, "How is it possible for people to have improvements in surfing for their skills?" Because basically, there's just a surfboard and you.、Uh-huh. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> um. So I found that surfers, like their boards, their boards are really as like made specifically for themselves. Most of the surfers themselves would know how to make surfboards, or how to mend them, or you know how to make it their own surfboards. Oh,、uh, yeah. So they would create their own technologies that they think would greatly improve their surfing skills due to the differences in different boards. And another 
great improvement is the wetsuit, which is the thing that they wear when they go surfing. And apparently, the history of surfing could easily be divided between pre-wetsuit and post-wetsuit because it made more surfing places available to the people because they could, you know, use the sweatsuit to prevent from uh, their bodies getting too cold in certain places. And now they could surf in uh, colder places. Mm-hmm. And also, some boards, like the, the surfboards, could be made by fiberglass, which we talked about if you don't know what fiberglass is. And that is pretty cool. And they also have these better vehicles to carry them to further places to surf and look for more extreme weathers to surf. After the break, we're going to talk about superstitions of the ocean. Welcome back. Now we're going to talk about superstitions about the ocean. Okay, so you know how the ocean is like something that people often is afraid of? I am personally scared to go into the water when I am at the beach. It just feels like the ocean is so big and it can't be controlled by people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but... The ocean is also a place that provides a lot of benefits for humans, right? It gives people fish and a lot of resources that we cannot get from land. And it is a place full of life. But of course, since the ocean is basically a big place that we can't understand completely or it is completely unknown to us, there are a lot of superstitions built upon this concept of the ocean. Right. Okay, so the first one is, which is really strange, is apparently bananas. Mm -hmm. When sailors or people that go on sea very often, they would never put bananas onto their vessels because apparently their peels present the possibility of sailors slipping and sliding along the deck. Right. And I don't know, probably dying from that. And the other thing is that bananas, they they spoil really easily because they would like release a deadly toxin that could uh kill the sailors. And also that a lot of insects would hide within the banana bunches and that would pose threats to sailors. Right. Okay, this one's very weird. Mm-hmm. So does it mean that people don't bring bananas on boats? I think so. Or maybe like for longer journeys, they wouldn't. Okay, this one's weird. Yeah. I mean, shouldn't this be like the same thing with airplanes? But you wouldn't slip on an airplane and then... Fall out of the airplane. <laughs> you could die anywhere with slipping, but like it's not particularly a airplane thing it'd be pretty cool though falling out of an airplane wait no yeah. <laughs> no why it's actually kind of normal what do you mean it's it's just like skydiving i mean but when you jump out of an airplane without parachutes that's not normal you're dead yes very much so okay now this second 
superstition is the boat's name. Like I, I never understood really why all boats have names.、Mm-hmm. You know how in like movies they would say, "Oh, this boat is called blah blah blah," and they would be very careful with treating the boat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Kind of like it has its own life. So apparently, it is a terrible, terrible thing to change the name of the boat that you own because it could lead to your boat breaking or something negative might happen to your journey on the ocean. So boats to the sailors are known to develop a life and a mind of their own. But I don't. I I personally don't understand this. Like, why why do boats have their own life? What about like cars or houses? Some people value the, their car a lot. Yeah, that's true. Like some cars are like twenty, thirty years old. But it's like super normal for people to be obsessed with boats. Be like, oh, my boat, something, something, something. I would say that it is also related to like how they got back safely from their trip. In the sea, yeah, I guess, and also how like they always say it, like um she, you know, uh-huh, uh-huh. like calling a boat she.、Mm-hmm. Does it have anything to do with like Mother Nature? I don't know. It's just something that's weird, and I'm not sure. Like I I saw it somewhere in a movie. Like somebody's pet peeve is when you call a boat she. Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> I don't get why everyone does that. It's so specific and weird at the same time. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe we could try to be a sailor. <laughs> I I don't think it. I, I think it's also kind of like a cultural thing. Like everyone does it, and it would be weird if you don't. I don't know. Okay. Anyways, so when you want to name your boat. It can only happen on the fifteenth of August after a strict ritual is followed. For some reason, August fifteenth is the day that you should be careful of. So you you can only name your boat on that day. I think so. So you would only have one day to name your boat. It's kind of like I would say it's kind of like waiting for your baby to get born. Like you wouldn't give your baby in the womb. A name at an early stage. I don't know. Okay, so the ritual here is the seafarers will write the current vessel's name and place the paper into a wooden box and then burn the box. And after you burn the box, you would have to throw the ashes into the ocean. And this is one type of ritual. And another ritual is that the boat must be renamed while sailing close. To the wind, whilst making a series of short zigzag tracks,、mm-hmm. and the boat would have to be able to go exactly downwind. And this is related to like snakes taking a zigzag path, and when it eats its own tail. So I guess oh, so I guess these are the rituals for renaming your vessels. Okay, so you can rename your vessels, but you need to go through a Ritual, yeah. I mean, which which I kind of understand, like the burning the box. It's kind of, I would say, it's kind of like killing the vessel's uh the vessel's identity and giving it back into the ocean.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. This is a very 
I think this one is very easy to understand. So you know how dolphins are always like a good sign, and that is the same thing with for sailors. So when you go out to sail, when you see dolphins swimming around your boat, that means something good will happen. And the opposite of that is sharks. So sharks, when you see sharks, that means something bad might happen. And this last one here is a superstition about women, which I find very weird. Um, so women used to be banned from boats like long time ago. Right now, I don't think it has to. Right now, I don't think there th- anyone believes in this rule anymore. But back then, they weren't able to go on boats, and this was because the ancient people believe that women were considered witches and they would bring storms and disasters to the boat, which I think it makes sense because back then women with a lot of knowledge weren't thought to be witches because women shouldn't know that many things. Okay, this is just <laughs> wait. This is just this is just discrimination against women. I know, I know. But like, isn't it so weird that they think it's a bad thing for women to be on boats,、mm-hmm. and they call the boat itself a woman? Oh, like this is so contradicting. Maybe it's kind of like you know how women would have to carry babies until they birth them. It's kind of like they're carrying that the boat is carrying these men safely to their destination.、Mm-hmm. So I guess it's kind of like a. The boat resembles a mother, kind of.、Uh, I don't know. This is just what I think. Okay. However, however, besides all that discrimination against women, naked women on board were seen as good luck. Now, for me, I think this is just sexist. <laughs> 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 like they thought that naked women were able to calm the sea, or I don't know, naked women were able to calm the sailors. I don't know. <laughs> And this explains why a lot of ships and yachts would have a figure of topless women on their boats. You know how, like, a lot of pirate ships—I don't know—I don't know if this is just like my stereotype of pirate ships, but they would always have a statue in the front or in the back, and it's always a woman. Really, I do not know that. So, for the sailors, they think that these figures bare breasts. Were able to shame the stormy seas into calm, and her eyes would guide guide the sailors to safety, which is really strange. I don't get it. People in the past have weird thoughts about women.、Mm-hmm. I know, like they assume a lot of things with women, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's just really, really weird and unsettling in a way. Yeah, like I don't know why women. It's not like I don't know why women can't speak up for themselves, like because I know they would probably like get beaten up or something. But I just don't know why they would men would have so much assumptions about women when they know nothing about them.、Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's still happening now. Yeah, I can't. I literally cannot. Okay, this is getting off topic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna. I was about to say feminist. <laughs> Okay. We're not going to get into that today. Not that、yeah. it's not important. It's just not on topic. Yeah. Okay. So even though 
the ocean is vast and unpredictable, we should still be able to appreciate the benefits it gives us, like all those superstitions to avoid disasters. Still, the ocean brings us food and resources. The ocean has so much that we still don't understand, and the superstitions or beliefs that we mentioned above were the ways that people try to make sense of the ocean. And as our second episode mentioned, of ocean technologies are ways that scientists used to understand the ocean better. Next month, we're going to talk about parenting and kids' relationships. Thank you for listening to this episode. We will upload a new episode every Thursday. Remember to like, follow, and share our podcasts with your friends and family. You could also share your idea and thoughts with us on our Instagram at teenup.podcast. You could also find us on YouTube, and we will be thrilled if you could subscribe and leave us a comment. Thank, Thank you and bye. bye.